Welcome to Friday Friends, RI Elder Info's weekly look at the organizations and individuals providing resources for Rhode Island seniors, caregivers, and professionals. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. It is nine o'clock on a Friday and you are watching me on Facebook or YouTube or LinkedIn, or maybe you're listening to me on a podcast, but you know, at this time, if I am talking to you, it is Friday Friends, RI Elder Info's weekly show where we spotlight different organizations and places that you need to know about. So, not only will you need to know about what we're talking about today, I'm going to bet you probably know someone who needs the information we're talking about today because it's just, I find it really cool information. It's completely in my wheelhouse, so I'm maybe I'm a little biased. So hit the like button, hit the share, the follow, you know, all those fun things that we say for, for social media so that you're always notified when I am coming on live or when there's a new recording available. So we are... All right, Elder Info is a nonprofit. We're a 501c3, and we get by with a little help from our friends. So a big shout out to our sponsors, Oak Street Health. They've got locations um, around the state in Warwick, in Providence, in Woonsocket. If you're tuning in today from other states, Oak Street Health is located in other states as well. They're a really comprehensive primary care practice. Also, big shout out to United Healthcare. They are a Medicare provider um, and they give some amazing benefits to their Medicare beneficiaries. So, big shout out to United Healthcare and my friends over at Tamarisk Assisted Living. It's a small assisted living where they really take care of you like family right over in Warwick, Rhode Island by the mall. So, amazing people. And I can't forget my friend Ben from 321 Media, who is making the magic happen behind the scenes right now to make this easy for me. And if you visited rielderinfo.com, you have visited rielderinfo.com, right? Well, if you haven't, check it out after the show. It's amazing, even if I do say so myself. That was created with the magic of England Studio. Uh, they are an award-winning web design team. And I have to say a big shout out to my friends over at the Ocean State Center for Independent Living. They are our sponsors for Friday Friends this month. And here's a brief word from OSAL. Do you have a disability and want to be more independent in your home and community? Do you experience barriers that keep you from living life on your own terms? Ocean State Center for Independent Living in Warwick is there to help. Call 738-1013 or visit their website at oscil.org to learn how they can assist you. Ocean State Center for Independent Living is Rhode Island's go-to organization for disability services, resources, and information. Visit their website at oscil.org and begin living your life on your terms. So every week I come on here and I talk with different guests. Uh, I share a ton of information. I, the founder of RI Elder Info. And you might wonder, how does Deb know all of that stuff? And what is that stuff that kind of lives in her head? And how, how did that stuff get stuffed in her head? 
So I am really excited to bring on my guest today. Ellen Burkander is the Graduate Program Director and Clinical Assistant Professor from the Department of Gerontology of McCormick Graduate School at UMass Boston, my alma mater, class of 2013. Yay! <laughs> Hi, Ellen. How are you? Hi, Deb. It's great to see you. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. So can you explain to, to the viewers what is gerontology and and why is it important? Gerontology is the study of aging. And it's different from other disciplines in that it really isn't. It's a field. When you go to nursing school, you learn a certain set of skills. You have uh, tools in your toolbox to make you a good nurse. And you can specialize in cardiology or ER or pediatrics, many different things. But you have a very specific skill set. Gerontology is different because it encompasses everything in life from entertainment, healthcare, transportation, finance, housing, you name it. It's, it is life, but from through the perspective of many years of wisdom. And I like it, that. That's a great <laughs> statement. Gerontology is life through a perspective of wisdom. I love that. It, it, you know, there are, we, we change as we age. We all know that a two-year-old to a five-year-old to a 10-year-old has a very different perspective on their world. And as we grow older, our perspectives continue to change. We do not stop learning. We do not stop growing. We do not stop understanding, but um, we see things a little differently. Also, our bodies change as we grow older. So we, um, we do things differently. And so when we study aging, when we study gerontology, we learn about the types of things that we experience every single day and how we fit into our world. You know, it's funny, maybe not funny, haha, but one of the things that has happened through the pandemic is it seems like a lot of people have suddenly paid attention to older adults and the process of aging and, and all of all of those different pieces. Have you seen an increased interest in learning about gerontology through this? In the last two years, we have. We've received a lot more inquiries. Our, our, our applications have gone up. Um, it, it's been a very interesting time and a difficult time. Mm. We, we started this program in 2003 because we... Um, Lillian Glickman, who was a former assistant secretary of the executive office of elder, she was a former secretary of, of the executive office of elder affairs in Boston. And I was assistant secretary for program management. And every time we tried to hire somebody into the field, there was an enormous learning curve. People either had great management skills, but no aging skills, or they were wonderful with policy, but had no management. So we jokingly said for many years, if we ever had an opportunity to start a program where we could give people who are passionate about working with older adults a strong base to jump into the network and do good, uh, we would have that, we would take that in a heartbeat. And, you know, put your money where your mouth is. In 2003, Frank Caro, who was a wonderful, wonderful man um, and a, a, an incredible advocate, and he, he was just a, a great scholar in gerontology, he offered us an opportunity to start this program and we did jump at it. And uh, it, it's been going 
gangbusters since. We've been very lucky. Now, was it, wasn't UMB one of the first in the country to offer gerontology or among the first? Um, Ger the, universe, uh, the Davis School and University of California um, and UMass Boston were six months apart in starting the very first uh, gerontology PhD programs in the country. So we have graduated the most graduates and we have the, one of the largest programs and our, we, our programs are international. So we serve a, a great many people throughout the country and throughout the world. That's, that's amazing. So how does the program work? Because I see everything through an aging lens. So, uh, you know, COVID has really shown the light on our older adults. And we know by 2030, there's going to be more people over 60 than under 18. And aging touches every aspect. I mean, at one time, the thought was at age 62, you retire and, and that's that. You golf for the rest of your life. But we're still working because we want to. And sometimes because we have to. Right. Oh, oh, well, socioeconomic changes force a lot of older adults to work well into their 70s. In addition, our world has changed. When you look at our demographics, as you mentioned, we are an aging society. But it's not just the United States. It's the entire world. Yeah. Baby boomers are getting older and fewer babies are being born. And so we do not have enough people coming up to do all the jobs that are out there that need to be done, which is really interesting. You know, th there's a lot of ageism and a lot of stereotypes in the world. We know that. And I'm sure you've heard that older adults are just a drain on the economy with Medicare and Medicaid. The reality is older adults don't shrivel up and die at age 62. They're still vibrant they're still productive. They still have a lot to offer. It's just a matter of changing the world's perception about aging, not the aging person themselves. Um, let me just ask you, Deb, you might know the answer to this question. You can pretend you don't. What percentage of people over 65 are in nursing homes? I think it's something small, like maybe 30%. I don't think it's very much. It's 4%, a little <gasps> over 4%. Oh my people. gosh. 65 or in nursing homes. So when we have this perception that, you know, once you hit a particular age, you, you might as well hang up the towel. It, you know, it, it just, it's not true. I mean, yep. you think about how we live longer lives now. I mean, the average lifespan when social security was developed was something like 65.8 or something. And so now when you look at how the, um, how people are living longer and healthier and only live with greater disability at the very end of their lives. We have so much to offer as we get older and so much to give. Productive aging is another field within uh, another direction within the field of aging. And it's amazing that so many people have are contributing so much later in life. There are so many people who have second careers now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of, um, I talk to people who all the time who decided at 50 or 60 or higher, you know, this is something I always wanted to do. And they change their careers and they go back to school and, and do things that they have the um, time, energy and, and curiosity about. And it's, 
I think it's one of the unfortunate ages stereotypes is it kind of paints everybody over a certain age is like this one big lump. And it's not like that. Well, I'm sure if you took intro psych in, in college and freshman year, you've heard of Eric Erickson and he did eight stages of psych psychosocial development. And his last stage was um, something versus despair, productivity, no, generativity versus despair. Mm -hmm. And basically you look, that's not right. But anyway, you look at his, <laughs> you look at his last stage and it was, you review your life, you look at your family and you decide you either did well. And so you can sit back sit in your rocking chair and die or you can, it with a smile on your face or you sit there and say, Oh, I did a poor job. I had a terrible life and you're just miserable and you die. That was pretty much the extent of his last stage. Well, when he got to that age, he and his wife, Joan, you know, he retired. He had an illustrious career. What an amazing man. He, he looked at um, himself and said, I'm not ready. I, I have plenty more to give. And so he and his wife, Joan, actually added to the stages. And the basic upshot was, as long as you are contributing, as long as you are part of your family, your world, your society, then you have something to give. And as long as you are giving, then you're adding value to the world. Exactly. So, yes. It's a wonderful, wonderful um way to look at aging that we tend to, as a society, or we historically have tended not to do. I think it's changing. I think you're right. COVID has made a difference. All of a sudden, people are valuing all of the hard work that the people who work in the field of aging do. Before, it, older people weren't valued. We're not a very respectful society when it comes to certain populations, you know, many, we have racial issues in this country. We have ages issues in this country. You know, there are this, we can run the gamut. So um, it's really interesting to see that with COVID people are waking up and saying, wow, these people who are taking care of mom, these people who are getting up every day and making sure that dad's safe and has his medication and gets out and is able to contribute and do things at whatever level level dad is, uh, they're important people and we need to pay attention to that. So and I think the, the other thing too, that maybe we're realizing is that's going to be us. So in, in some, in we some, know that when we're kids, we, I mean, if you don't have really, we're a mobile society. So lots of times children don't have access to grandparents. They don't yeah. understand, they don't have the relationships that allow you to experience aging from the time you're born to the time you die. You know, it's, yeah. it, we, we're such a um, busy society that we're fo so focused on everyday issues that we don't appreciate uh, the changes that we go through at every stage. It's, it's really kind of fascinating. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And so, you know, the other, the other interesting things that I'm noticing is some of our systems were never really designed or considered for an aging population. So, you know, our, our mental health systems, our behavioral health systems, um, our transportation systems, these things weren't really designed with the thought that there might actually be people who are aging and want to use these things. 
one of the courses that we offer it, it at in the Management of Aging Services Master's Program at UMass Boston is a course called Environmental Gerontology. And it is a phenomenal course that looks at the micro and macro aspects of aging in our environment. It looks at in-home. It's amazing to me that we don't employ universal design in every single building that we build so that there, there are no, you can access everything with, with no matter what your mechanism for mobility is. You know, if you have a walker or a wheelchair or, you know, you need handrails, it's amazing to me that we don't employ that even now. Uh, it's amazing to me that crosswalks, you know, have, are timed. You do the lights at the crosswalks and they're timed and you have to run depending on where you are and, city, and how young you are. You still have to sprint across that street <laughs> um, you get across before the before the light changes. It's it's uh, you know, or or you're playing dodgeball in the street and you're the ball. You know, or, or, <laughs> or, or, yeah, you're, you're the you're the bowling pin. And it, so it's yeah. uh, it, it's amazing to me that we are not more sensitive to the things that we need as we grow older in our in our culture. We're just not. Yeah. So what can UMass Boston offer? And I have to give a big shout out to one of our viewers. Hi, Stella. I see you. <laughs> um, what can UMass Boston offer for sure. people who want to learn more or who want to go into, my hope would be they would go into the field with the heart of of wanting to improve the world for our older adults. But the reality is because aging touches every aspect um, from finance to housing, to policy, all of that. If people wanted to, to enter this, this field, what can UMass Boston offer? Well, we have four separate programs. We have a PhD program, which is a research, a policy research program. We have a research master's program. Those two programs are both on campus. Okay. We have the management of aging services program, which I run, and an undergraduate gerontology program. I'm going to talk a little bit about the management of aging services program because um, one, I know the most about it, but two, that's I think uh, an area where people who have a passion for working with older adults can get what they need to be successful. Mm -hmm. The um, it's the program is 100% online. And when we started it, I, I mentioned that we, we expected people who worked in the field of aging to come and get the skills they need to move up and be successful in the field. What we found is about 40% of our students are career changers. They are nurses, they are marketers, they are finance people, they are tech, IT people. They come from so many different backgrounds. Uh, we have a doctor and a lawyer in the program. They come because they're passionate about working with older adults. And the program offers a, a strong base. We have classes in service delivery issues, policy, healthy aging, environmental gerontology, um, human resources and personnel management, if you're in that into that area, or psych and social and finance, um, so that you have a really good base. And it's structured in a way that each class gives you an opportunity to focus on your specific area of interest, because as we said, it runs the gamut to so many things. So there are projects 
in, in each class where you can actually focus on your area of interest. And the program is 100% online. However, it's high touch, high interaction. Whoops. My See, that, Here we go. High touch, high interaction. That's um, it. That's um, the beauty of live stream is these things happen. <laughs> oh, well. Um, so we, you know, it, we, in, we make sure, despite the fact that we're 100% online, we make sure that we get to know every single one of our students. We have synchronous meetings in every class, a minimum of five, usually it's eight to 12. And you get to know all of your classmates, you get to know all of your instructors, you, and we get to know you. So that when you leave the program, you actually have a network. And it's what's, I guess what I'm most surprised, almost shocked about, is that our alumni keep in touch with us not only do they keep in touch with us, they keep in touch with each other. They're active, they're successful, and the, their areas of interest and work are broad. And I'm just so proud of them. I'm so excited and happy because I feel like we are making a difference in the field of aging. Yes, and we are. I, I think we are. I, you know, I've spent many, many decades I, I, working in the field. I started working in the field when I was... Um, in well before college i started i worked i worked in a nursing home i volunteered in a nursing home when i was very young and then i during college i worked in the field and after college i worked in the field and i continued to work in the field and i still do consulting in the field despite running this program because it's my life i i love it i believe in it i love working with older adults i i can't imagine anything better um but you have to be you know, it takes a, a special person, someone who who has that passion. So if you have that passion and if you're interested, then you should come talk to us because we can help you transition into a new field or help you learn a new um, something new that will bring something to your current field with regard to working with older adults or serving older adults in some way, That's either awesome. through policy or program. So. I mean, through policy, you can change the world. Is the best place for people to get information, um, the McCormick, UMB, EDU page? Yes. And, and then just um, if you go to that page, you can then just search for gerontology or management of aging services, depending on what you're interested in. Yep. You know, and the... Um, the research and PhD program that you offer, that is something that is done on campus, right? Not, okay. And so then the other thing, I know uh, Beth Dugan from UMass Boston uh, created the Rhode Island Healthy Aging Data Report, which provides, oh my God, so much information for anybody who's looking for any kind of data. It's amazing. Um, it's also, she's also done one for Massachusetts just need her to do it, you know, for the other she 48 states. I live in New Hampshire, so it's all good. Awesome. She's she's taking care of us first and and they're expanding. There she's um she's working hard to expand. She wants to do the entire country. I think she will. The other thing that I would recommend your viewers um, look at because it's fascinating is the Elder Economic Index. Jan Mutchler works uh, well, has developed that um, with her center at UMass Boston. And now Caitlin Coyle has taken over because Jan's now the Institute Director, which is wonderful. 
So Caitlin is, is currently working on that and doing an amazing job. But the Elder Economic Index provides wonderful information about cost of living and quality of life across the country. Things like things, things that we don't think about, like Mississippi is a fairly poor state. Massachusetts is a fairly economically uh, well-off state. And yet when you compare older adults' quality of life in terms of cost of living issues um, between Mississippi and Massachusetts, Mississippi does better. And the reason they do better is because it housing and um, healthcare and food are less expensive in Mississippi than Massachusetts. And when you look at things like social security and, and income levels for older adults versus working adults, Older adults fare less well in Massachusetts than in, in Mississippi. Uh, I, those are just an example, but you can you can look and you can compare any state. It's fascinating information. It's just, I don't want to spoil it for you because I want you to go look. It's really worth looking at. <laughs> awesome. So what have, what besides RI Elder Info, uh, what other places have alumni gone on to to lead or create or things like that. Where else are our alumni? And if you're an alumni watching, drop a note in the chat where you're at. <laughs> we have over 400. I stopped counting. Once we hit 400 alumni, I, I just, I'm thrilled. I just can't keep track of everybody, but we have people who are running assisted living. We have people running adult day health programs, councils on aging, um, aging services access points. We have people who work in the insurance industry, reverse mortgages. We have um, one alumni who just got, uh, well, not just, she's she received an NIH grant to do technology and aging with people with dementia. We have um, a, a physician who um, who is the dean of a medical school who actually incorporates aging and disability issues into her training with their medical school. Um, <laughs> no, really. Uh, we have nurses who um, and nurse practitioners who have who have um, wanted specialization in aging and and work in um, skilled nursing facilities or rehabilitation facilities to bring uh, a different perspective about older adults to the worlds that they work in. We have uh, students who I said did I say insurance housing. We have someone who is the head of a regional transportation organization. It it, it just it, it spans it's everywhere. Yes, we um we have people who have started their own care management companies. Um, in fact, we have several of those, which I was surprised. But but it's a great it's a it's such a needed service. I was thrilled. Yes, um, it, um, people who run provider agencies for that serve older adults. It, it's, it's impressive. That's awesome. It impresses me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I find it very impressive that they do so. They do beautifully. Yes. It's making a difference in people's lives right now. And then it will make a difference in our own lives as we age. I tell my students all the time, learn well, do well, because I'm going to need you. Absolutely. So Ellen, if people wanted to talk to you about this program, or maybe they have other questions regarding aging, um, what's the best way for them to reach you? 
I would suggest email and be patient with me because I, if I don't get back in the same day, some, it, it's a busy world and I love, I love it, but sometimes it takes me a day or two to get back to people. So I can be reached at ellen.burchander at umb.edu. Okay. Uh, and uh, you can also contact martin.hansen at umb.edu because lots of times he he can answer questions and then fit you into my calendar um, so that we can have virtual chats and 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 really uh, I can answer questions much more efficiently. Aha. And I totally understand that because you are also still a professor. I don't yes. know. I don't know if still is the right word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you are also a professor. <laughs> so Martin can coordinate on your schedule and we can drop Martin's contact information in the comments. Perfect. They can call you directly. They yeah. can go online. Um, and I, I would suggest not using the the um, the telephone number for the department, which is what you have in the chat, be, because um, we, although we are back in in the department, we are um, staggering, so we're not always there. So better to email me, and then I can just call you from home if I'm home, or more efficiently than than picking up calls every couple of week, every couple you know, couple times a week. Okay. And your email for those folks who are joining us on our podcast is Ellen, E-L-L-E-N dot Burkander, B-I-R-C-H-A-N-D-E-R at U-M-B dot E-D-U. Correct. And hopefully they're not listening while driving because then you can't write that down, but I'm sure there's a rewind. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Ellen, this has been great. I'm so glad that you had time to, to come on the show today and really explain what gerontology is and how it really is touching every aspect of our lives from the, the littles and their grandparents and, and how those relationships might be different these days to banking and financing and housing and transportation and, and all of it. There's so much to talk about. We could do this you know, all day and not even touch the surface. So thank Amen. you for having me, Deb. This is wonderful. I really appreciate it. And I'm so appreciative of what you do and so excited that you went through our program. And this is this is what you're offering for, to everyone. It's it's phenomenal. That's it. We got to get folks connected with the resources that are out there. <laughs> thank you, Deb. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Ellen. This is great. Well, everybody, now you know why I know so many things. It is because I went through UMass Boston's Management of Aging Services program, and I have a huge passion for this. So this isn't something that I show up just to do a job every day. This is something that makes a difference in my heart. Um, love what you do. Do what you love. It does make a difference. So Big thank you to the Ocean State Center for Independent Living for sponsoring our Friday Friends this week. We have some amazing guests coming up in the upcoming week. So make sure that you hit the like and the follow and, and all of those fabulous buttons so that you never miss out on the information we're sharing because you need to know it or someone that you know and care about needs to know it. So I look forward to seeing you all again next week. In the meantime, be well and be kind. If you like this video, please follow us on social media and subscribe on YouTube. 
For more information, visit rielderinfo.com or call 401-585-0509. If you have any questions, email deb at rielderinfo.com.